Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. I like. I prefer sending really compressed AACs. Mm-hmm. Flack. I only. I only work in flack. Do you? Uh, do you actually? Is that true? No. Okay. What is higher quality AA, uh, flack or WAV? Um, it depends. You can make WAV as high quality as you want, really. <laughs> because it's an uncompressed. Uncom- an uncompressed WAV versus an uncompressed flack, or is a flack compressed? That's the point. It's just really good, high quality. Um, I don't so know. Great content. Great content. Everyone's switching off. A cracking intro to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Steve, tell us about your Invisalign. Oh, tell us about your Invisalign, Steve. My Invisalign is out, and this is the episode. Good, yeah. Oh, you haven't even got got it in your mouth? Yeah. Have you? I've got them in, yeah. You don't sound any different. I know, because I've got used to it now. He's, be, he's being a... nice. He's being nice. He actually sounds like, yes. Hey, my name's Steve. Hi, Steve. Wow, it really is invisible, isn't it? It really yeah. is. In- I mean, I'm seeing Steve at the weekend, so I can see it more up close, and then I can why tell Why are you seeing Steve at the weekend? But your eye, touch your eyeball on my tooth. Oh, I know you why you're it. seeing Steve at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how you were, like, immediately suspicious of I was that. just immediately like, why well, have I not been invited? And I remember that like, I was have. invited, and I can't I mean, make it. Yeah, yeah, great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, hello, and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us in season four, which is called Is It Rad In Your Head? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Radiohead. We're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season, we're of course asking, is it rad in your head? 
And to be clear, we're asking, is it rad in your head in regards to the band Radiohead, not is it rad in your head to this, the fourth season of our podcast, which is called Is It Rad in Your Head and which is now in your head. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool, big fan of music, etc. Also with me, not such a big fan of music, but does actually quite like music sometimes. It's Lucas Way. Oi, oi. (laughs) Somewhere in the middle of that, I don't know, Steve Murphy. Yeah, I'm here. I it's guess, too warm for the full introduction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was a strange voice, a strange, mysterious voice from beyond. <laughs> because actually Adam, today we have a <laughs> no. Can I ask? Can I ask you a question? Okay, yeah, go on. Do you do you read that or is that memorized? Uh, both. So I have it. I have it written down in front of me in case I forget it. But I can do it from memory. Mm. Do you want to watch me do it with my eyes closed? No, mm, nah, it's right. Okay. And to right. answer your follow-up question, why doesn't he record it once and insert it into each episode? We don't know. No. <laughs> well, I don't like to use backing tracks. I like to do things live. Yeah, you know, okay. I, I, amen. Right, yeah, yeah. amen, sister. Yeah, I, I like to kind of you know feel the vibe and I you know. Think that's all not that true. Stuff. I think that's not true. We talked about this. Yeah. Your music is mostly backing tracks. It's all backing tracks. Yeah, because yeah. a loop pedal is just a backing track. Just a backing track that I've recorded. 30 seconds ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you've got, you have like, you sometimes have like eight or nine backing tracks at once. Yeah, sometimes. Shut up, Lucas. I've had enough. Let me introduce <laughs> the guest. Uh, because we do have a guest on and you'll already know who it is from the title of, of the episode. Um, Will Fraser. Hi. Hi. Can I just interject on that point about uh, oh, backing tracks? Didn't even <laughs> AKA you. We, 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 just we don't talk about very often. We don't <laughs> really talk about wait. backing tracks. Let, so just let me introduce right. you. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. God's sake. I'm, <laughs> I'm already enjoying Will. You are an electronic musician known as uh, Bloom's Taxonomy, mostly. But also, mm-hmm. we go way back. We've been in bands together. You've been involved, I think, with everything that I've released except two things. Um, and Steve, you used to be in the same band, and you wanted yeah. to come on specifically around this area of uh, the podcast to talk kind of around Kid A, but we're going to just mm. kind of chat about Radiohead, the influence that they have on you, how you got into Radiohead. I think that's very interesting to hear another musician's perspective on Radiohead. Um, and now you can talk about backing tracks. Steve Reich, the composer, Electric so- Counterpoint and all that. <laughs> Yeah, Steve Reich, the composer, who obviously had a very big influence on electronic music, you know, repeated, short, minimalist sort of loops, etc. He live recorded guitar and looped it in a sort of having a circular loop in a tape and played over it. And that caused great controversy at the time in the classical music world because they were saying, well, he's recorded it and now it's playing back. But obviously, if you record it on stage, that's part of the performance. So therefore, I think you can be excused. If Steve Reich can do it, you can do it. Thanks, Will. It's good to have someone sticking up for me on the podcast. <laughs> also, because I do it as well, and therefore, you know. <laughs> You've got a vested interest. excellently timed sip of your rosé wine there, I think, after you made a nice point. I really enjoyed that. Uh, incidentally, I've seen, uh, I've seen Johnny Greenwood perform some of Steve Reich's music, where he did exactly mm. that. He was recording bits of the guitar and then looping it and then playing over it. It's fantastic. It's very interesting. Um you specifically asked to come on and talk around Kid A, which I can only assume is because they've been a, like that album in particular has been a huge influence on the work that you do now as Bloom's Taxonomy. Firstly, really catchy band name, mate. Love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> what possessed you to call yourself Bloom's Taxonomy? Um, well, there's a bit of a story, but 
really it's just a pair of words that I quite like. I think they sound quite nice together. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's impossible to Google. Whenever I see it on Instagram, I Taxidermy. think about stuffing animals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that, but actually, it comes from uh, pedagogy, which is the science of education. For those who don't know, and it's uh, well, my other life is that I'm a teacher, and Bloom's taxonomy is a hierarchy of thinking skills that you use to help plan your lessons. And when I was training to be a teacher, I saw it and I was like, hmm, I like those words. I'm going to use them. But now, whenever I have a teacher that comes to my gig, they're like, why have you used that really boring thing that I have to think about every day as your band <laughs> yeah. name? Like, and I'm like, yeah, but most like people don't know what it is. Like some management speak. Like- yeah, basically, yeah. But I'm thinking of changing it to info. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should change it Which to is- synergy, corporate synergy, or yeah. like. <laughs> That's increasingly impossible to Google. Yeah, just I know. To Google the word info. <laughs> info. I feel like it's it's something that Radiohead would have done as part of their publicity around the time of Kid A to make themselves incredibly obscure. You know, change their name to like something really hard to stand out among everything else. So. They, they were going to change their band name, right? That that was one of their considerations. Mm. Um. Before we get to Kid A, like, weirdly, right, like, I know I, all of the questions that I've got here, I know the answers to, because I've known you for, what, when did we first meet? Like, 2006? It's got to be getting on for 20 years now, surely. 2007, I think, is when we probably met. So, right? yeah, about 15 years, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I was going to ask you how you got into Radiohead, uh, and I vaguely remember you going on holiday with a big MP3 CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is... Probably the most middle class. CDs, they were the best. (laughs) This is going to be the most middle class story you've ever heard. So me and my family went on holiday to Morocco, but my dad decided to drive there. So um, it took about five days, got the ferry from Southampton to somewhere in Spain, drove through Spain, got the ferry in Spain, in Morocco. Did you have breaks? uh, Yeah, we had breaks. Five days straight. Well, otherwise how would he stop at a traffic light? Yeah. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Good but also, like, yeah, you need to sleep. It's very dangerous to drive without sleep. Well, you could so. sleep. You could sleep at the traffic lights for like yeah, thirty true. seconds at a time. Yeah. Power, power napping. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so my it's friend, weird they have traffic lights in the ocean, but that's cool. <laughs> I like it. Well, otherwise the ships would crash into each other, at, like crossroads. Oh, they have radar for that. It's fine. Okay. They still crash into each other sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my friend Steve Webb made a mp3 cd and i can't for the life of me remember what else was on it apart from there were about five or six tracks from okay computer on it um which stood out because the rest of it was like 90s rubbish you know oasis and blur and actually blur all right but um <laughs> the the radiohead really like stood out to me i was like wow this is really different um this was probably about 99 i reckon so kid a hadn't come out yet so um, OK Computer was their latest release and the, I think the five tracks were the first five on the album so um, Airbag uh, Paranoid Android you know the first five and yep. um, I think even to these to this day those are my favourite tracks on the album just because they were there on that um, on that CD oh and No Surprises as well so that really like stood out to me I was like wow this is something really different so when I got back to um, the UK I bought the CD and then Quite soon after that, Kid A came out and I bought that in the shop. Not on the day of release. I wasn't that kind of into them, but I bought it quite soon afterwards. And um, yeah, the rest is history. What was your like first reaction to Kid A, having been very into OK Computer? 
So I was, I mean, I was probably like 14 at the time, 15. I was a really pretentious 14 year old. I was into like sure. Apex Twin and Boards of Canada and, and Pink, and Pink Floyd. Floyd, right? You're, <laughs> yeah. you're a big Pink Floyd guy. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm a big Pink Floyd guy. Although only I've come to realize that over the years, I only like four of their albums. But, right, okay. <laughs> even four of their 15. 100 albums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's taken a long time for me to accept. Actually, maybe five at a push. But um, yeah, so Kid A I love because it reminded me of Apex Twin. It reminded me of Boards of Canada. I was also young enough to not really care that it was in some ways a complete plagiarism of those artists but right um <laughs> that's what they're good at they take that more difficult stuff and they make it into a more mainstream um approachable package don't they so we've said that a couple of times on the podcast already they are not like introducing new genres of music but they are introducing different genres of music to the mainstream people but the reason i got into ambient music is even geekier it's because did you ever play a game called half-life yeah. I didn't. You know the intro of Half-Life where you sit on a train and you look yeah. out the window? There's like a really lovely like ambient kind of track there. And I'd never heard music like that before. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And so that's what led me to get Aphex Twin selected ambient works because it had the word ambient in it. And obviously right. that's one of the best ambient albums ever. Oh, incredible. Um, also, when I was a kid, I was a big Doctor Who fan and electronic music was a big important part of that as well. So all of that kind of coalesced. So for me, Kid A almost carried on the heritage like when i listen to kid a i get shades of the radiophonic workshop from the bbc you know the one that did all Mm -hmm. those weird sort of sound effects from the 1960s and the strange kind of ethereal music and yeah to me it it kind of encapsulates a lot of my passion for music in one sort of single piece of work so that's why i love it so much that is not the first time we've mentioned the intro to half-life in this season alone which really? is very bizarre. In oh, the I Meeting haven't... People is Easy DVD. Oh, yeah. Uh, I only got halfway like a... through that one because um, I couldn't find the, the video. So I, I had always kind of assumed that this was sort of like... Well, it, it sounds like this was a real jumping off point in terms of uh, the way that a lot of your electronic influences sort of like coalesced. Do, like, there's a lot of stuff in your music that's that's that I can hear from like... Fortet and Chiasmos and uh, Portico Quartet and Bonobo and people like that. Jacques Green. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those artists in some way remind me of Kid A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if that is something that you're aware of when you're making music. Does it actually all go back to Kid A or does it go further back than that? And is it actually the influences on Kid A that you're kind of interpolating? And in- interpolating is unfair because that means stealing. But... Well, because <laughs> I didn't know what it meant, so I'm really pleased. Okay. <laughs> obviously, it's very hard to draw the um, the common family tree of all this music. I mean, obviously, there is a big family tree, and it's mostly Warp Records and um, what's the other one? Ninja Tune, isn't it? Yeah, that's Ninja basically Tune, yeah. the all of it in that. Um, so, if anyone from Warp or Ninja Tune are listening and want to sign me, then you know, feel free. You um, would fit in. You genuinely would. I know. There's... Tell tell that to them. <laughs> <laughs> because there's bits of like weirdness but also your music's very uh danceable and you know you you might not like this comparison does occasionally blur into uh chill beats to study slash relax to oh yeah which is um lucas's favorite 
my favorite yeah. genre of music <laughs> i said steve the other day steve was like i want to just listen to something whilst i'm working can you please send me some chill beats instead of relaxed i sent him a youtube playlist it was wonderful <laughs> it, it, it helped me actually focus at work for once that's why you listen to the stardew valley soundtrack with beats on it i listened to it and it had rain in the background it's, sim- it's lovely simple as that yeah there's one with rain on it. that's all you want isn't it amazing that that genre had to be invented though like before brian eno nobody had really ever thought to do that like it's the most obvious thing in the world to create music that's just engaging enough to sort of set a mood but not so engaging that it interrupts whatever you're doing you know yeah so you don't really listen to it just some sounds to keep out the dark thoughts exactly yeah 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 (laughs) i mean it have we talked about the invention of ambient music on this podcast before it comes from his like stay in hospital right yes we did talk about that i don't know if we talked about it or if uh I I put it in the liner notes for the big playlist that I made you for, of ambient I music. I think it's that one. I think yeah. when you made us our big ambient playlist and you wrote us a fucking book to go with that. <laughs> that is what I'm thinking of, actually, yeah. Yeah. Adam, it's, can it's... you send me that playlist, please? Yeah, sure, Sounds great. Man. It's a PDF. I'll, 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 uh, I'll send you <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, so I have, playlist, to, I have to manually find the, the music myself. No, I've, I've, I've incorporated the uh, the Spotify QR code thing onto the oh, PDF lovely. so you can well, scan it while you're well, reading you could it. Just, you could just make it into a playlist on Spotify. That'd be well, it is a playlist on Spotify, but I'm not oh, going to okay. send you that because I want you to have the appropriate context that comes with it. But I probably mm. know most of the context already. Yeah, I know, but I want oh, you to hear my version about- of it. Well, yeah, that electronic music as you are. So, oh, you want? I want your interpretation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I love that story where he's in hospital and someone put on a record that that he couldn't quite hear, and then that's like ambient music was 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 born. Mm. But then, like, I wouldn't consider your music to be necessarily that kind of ambient music. It has like ambient touches, but it is quite um, it is quite arresting. There's some, there's some like weirder stuff going on in, uh, going on in there. Mm. I mean, uh, now you mention it, like that's basically Kid A, isn't it? It's, it's kind of right, mostly quite ambient, but also a little bit jarring and a bit sort of unsettling, and then little bits of like slightly dancier bits throughout. So now you put it like that, I, I reckon Kid A is probably the biggest influence on me that any album's ever been because I've been listening to it pretty much since it came out about once. You know, when I'm really into it, I probably listen to it once a week. When I'm having a bit of a dry spell, I probably listen to it about once a month. So oh, it's probably lot, isn't it? it's frequently. probably the album that I. It's just every every time I listen to it, like there's a, it has a diff. It's so layered. I can't explain it. Like there's you can bring out of it whatever you approach it with. You see what I mean? Like whatever whatever you want to get out of it, you can retrieve every listen like you can find joy in it you can find beauty you can find ugliness you can find i think it's like honestly one of the most nuanced pieces of art that's ever been made and i say that like you know not sarcastically that is completely what i believe i think it's a genius piece of work absolute 100 percent sincerity which is why mm-hmm. i'm going to 100 percent absolutely edit it out <laughs> we will not have that on this podcast we're not have, gonna no, have sincerity, no, sincerity. On no one's made a fart joke we've got to edit it out actually the- i will say i think the lyrics are absolute bollocks <laughs> yeah absolutely they're kind of supposed to be there was there was a phase where tom york his his lyric writing was so lazy he, he'd make it rhyme by saying the same line again maybe 16 times everything in its right place yeah rhymes with everything in its right place Mm -hmm. almost exactly (laughs) well the flan the flan in the face 16 times is the best one 
love the flat in the face. Have you guys listened to Hell of the Thief yet? No, not yet. I'm flat in the face. Yet. Flat in the face. Oh, you, you will get there. We'll it's get too there. long. It needs it needs three tracks removed, and then it okay. Really we'll get on album. to your opinions on Hell of the Thief in a little <laughs> bit. Will in a little bit. Um, the other thing that was interesting to me, and sort of uh, there's a weird little like mirror in terms of the music you make and Kid A, is and I don't know if this is just how I know you, or if this is like a genuine thing. When when we met, you were primarily a guitarist, a rock musician, and you were kind of interested in prog, and, it, and you know, a lot of your compositions had keyboards and stuff on it. But you would, I would not have characterised you as an electronic musician, right? Is that fair? Well, apart from the odd, incredibly gratuitous guitar solo, most of what I played was... <laughs> pretty ambient it was heavily processed like sounds wasn't it if you think didn't, about it. didn't you meet will by buying him on gumtree yeah is that right kind of <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> kind of. yeah have i worded that weird i was people smuggled yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we yeah yeah we met primarily because we were looking for a guitarist um uh, and then you poured a whole bottle of lucasade over your head and the rest is history i did uh, know was that in some yeah. way maybe i uh, know you were getting into a car and you had an open bottle of Lucasade, went to oh, move yeah. your seatbelt and just poured the whole bottle all over your head. But you, you kind of interviewed me. One of the one of the um yeah, one of the questions was what my thoughts on the Israel Palestine conflict were. And you had some thoughts. I did have you some, thoughts. Had some thoughts. Because I didn't realise at the time you were like studying history and you were like, yeah. Well, here's what I think. Let's do yeah, it. I did, I did a it. whole a whole unit on the history of Israel, so Adam, is that like your go-to topic? Because we were camping a couple weekends ago and there was a, a brief <laughs> was lull a in the lull. conversation and you just went, right then. So, Israel-Palestine, anyone? <laughs> Let's Thoughts? sort it out. <laughs> that will actually come up in the Radiohead season, actually, uh, funnily enough. But to my mind, Will, you are a rock musician doing electronic music. I know you're an electronic musician now, but I find that there's a lot of... There is kind of a, a classic, not classic rock, but there is a traditional, um, a traditional sense to your music. You know, you do use. You like, mean like Radiohead circa two thousand? I do mean like Radiohead <laughs> circa two thousand. I do, but um, you know the the way that you incorporate like analog instruments. I mean, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, eras of your music is when you were use. I don't know if you still use it. You, you, I don't think you do. But when you had that fucking wonky piano mm. that, like, uh, basically only you could play, uh, and you were using that in all of your compositions, and it lends a really like weird wonkiness, and mm-hmm. it, it just has the same uh, kind of spirit of just like we're going to use what we find and build up compositions from there. Is I mean, that how you work? Sadly, the the wonky piano has found a better home because I had to move house. Um, yeah, that was really fun because it was so out of tune and. I didn't have the money to get it tuned every time, which would have, you know, it was like 200 quid a pop to get a piano tuned. Uh, and even when it was tuned, it still sounded shit anyway, so it was pointless. Um, <laughs> I found that I had to, like, manually tune it every time I wanted to use it, which was kind of part of the fun in order right. to, like... And that's why it sounded so weird and kind of stretched and, like, horrific, but also quite cool. Yeah, my I like the aesthetic that's on the edge of a bit shit, but actually, like, that's where the beauty lies. On the edge of chaos, maybe, rather than shit, because, you know... That but also, be also, also the kind of blend of um, performance and programmed. 
yeah. is something that I think you play around with a lot. And it's something yeah. that is present on this era of Radiohead. Absolutely. Yeah. I I what I mean a lot of what I do will be me improvising on an instrument and then recording it and then cutting it up into little bits and then sort of making something out of it um that way. So I think yeah, Radiohead did a lot of that during the the Kid A sessions as well, didn't they? They sort of recorded themselves playing as a band and then Nigel Godridge would sit late into the night while they all went and got pissed and then try and sort of assemble it into something vaguely workable. That sounds very familiar to the way we used to record. <laughs> yeah. I remember go, I remember the whole band except you going to the pub. Mm-hmm. And I was left and this is this is before we had like any kind of MIDI enabled software. We were using yeah. Adobe Audition, which oh no, the free version which was called Cool Edit. And basically <laughs> instead of Cool Edit. Yeah, cool. It was it was literally, you know, free on the internet. Um I think it was bought out by Adobe and then they started charging money for it, but I sat there and manually placed all of the kick drums in the right place in a whole track because we didn't have the capability to A, sync sync it so that you could do it via MIDI. And I don't think it was MIDI enabled anyway. So the whole thing was extremely laborious. But I don't know, when I'm in that zone, I quite enjoy getting into that nitty gritty. You know, that's something I quite like doing. So Well, this is, this is, I mean, that's always been the way that we've kind of worked. and, And that is a part of a larger thing as well as you are quite a technical guy right like uh you really like like you said like the nitty-gritty and the way that we've always worked when we've worked together is like you kind of always said that i i'm the song guy and then you are kind of like the production guy whenever Mm. whenever i'm like hey we should collaborate you're you're always like well i'm waiting for you to write some fucking songs (laughs) (laughs) i I don't write music i literally lay a load of shit down and then arrange it like it's more like collage i would say and you said that, uh, you know, the lyrics on Kid A, bollocks. I, 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 I kind of agree. The songs themselves are quite thin. So is the general appeal of the album more to you in its production and sonics? Y- yes, but I say that I think Tom York's voice can literally carry anything. It doesn't matter. He could read the yellow pages and it would sound ethereal and amazing, I think. <laughs> so actually, if, if I don't know, um, anyone else... Uh, what's the guy from Manic School again? James, James Dean Bradfield. Bradfield. Sean Moore. Yeah, Tom Moore. If he, if he, Sean Moore, Tom. not Tom Moore. Tom Moore's the. Was he the? Who's Tom Moore? Isn't he the captain from the old man? Yeah, the, the old, old man, man from the Million Miles or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Sean Moore sang the lyrics to Kid A, they'd sound rubbish. But the fact that Tom York. Well, has let's not have a go at quality. Sean Moore. We don't know that for sure. Actually, <laughs> if he played the trumpet, it'd sound great. Yeah, maybe, yeah that's, maybe true. that's true. Yeah, maybe they yeah. need more. Maybe yeah. maybe he played on the national anthem. We don't know. That's Life in a glass house. <laughs> <laughs> Life in a glass house with the Sean Moore jazz band. <laughs> that would be excellent. It was Humphrey Littleton who used to present. Um, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. he he has a weird. Like, we just we've already recorded Amnesiac to leave oh, you've, the you've curtain a little bit this already. Have you? Yeah, so fine. yeah, he has a weird little career. Like mm. you know. A, a member of an infamous jazz band and the longest host of a radio show ever because he was on it since like the 70s or something yeah um anyway what was the question sorry uh about the music i yeah, guess the- broadly broadly it's what do you like about kid a in tedious detail because i would put money on it being mostly the kind of the sonics of it and, yes. and, and the production and the nitty-gritty the fiddly widdly but also what, something else i a couple of other things i really like about it is first of all there are these little 
bits of they're not really kind of like part of the song they're sort of attached to the end so for example between the national anthem and how to disappear completely there's an absolutely and i don't know why but it like really really sort of rubs my nubbin is the um Lovely. there's a little bit of like classical music that bleeds through and it's like a sort of a yeah. a, a, a what do you call it um a fanfare goes and it like echoes and echoes and echoes that's so spot on i know exactly the bit you're talking about it goes into the the really dissonant strings of how to disappear completely which sounds like a i don't know like an air conditioner broken or something it's like me and then the guitar starts just that 15 seconds of music to me is the most sublime moment in music ever, as far as I'm concerned. That that little, um, what's the word? That little um, transition between the two songs, and then it happens again at the end of. Um, You're going to talk about optimistic, maybe. Yeah, at the end you of always optimistic, used to mention the disco bit of optimistic. There's a yeah. great like sort of jazzy, <laughs> and then it goes into in limbo. <laughs> And it's just so sublime. Like, I don't know how they came up with that, whether it was accidental or whether they were just like sticking bits together and like they found these amazing combinations. But yes, it, it's, it's that latter bit. It's yeah. just um, like something about that. You know what I said about the edge of chaos, right? That sort of on the slight verge of becoming nonsensical to me is where the sublimeness of it lies. But also it's really sparse. If you listen to a lot of the tracks, there's really like only two or three things going on at any one time. Um, which is something that I need to learn from because I like to throw the kitchen sink at any kind of production. Um, <laughs> well, more is more. Right? More is more, absolutely. More is yeah. more. Just think about how much more and more could be. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I do like, remember that. I do remember us tediously sitting about just trying to add so many things to But songs. I bet Radiohead in the studio add like so much. They add like probably 10 layers and then they the, the, the real beauty lies in like stripping it back and finding yeah. where those bits work. Because... Again, like on How to Disappear Completely, there's some amazing little kind of synth trills that go... You know the bits I'm talking about? This is I think we need to release the Will Fraser version of Kid A where yeah. you just do it yeah. with your mouth. You do but all like, the parts like that. Some of, those, some of those little textures are just unbelievable. Like They make my the hair on the back of my neck stand and even after 15 years, even when I've listened to it once That's a month, cool. you know, that's why I like it. Oh, so you so like it? Yeah, I like so it. You yeah. do like overall, it, okay? Right. I, I wasn't re- really getting the sense <laughs> of whether or not you liked it. To be honest, the mm. best moment of music in any genre ever. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Do you like it? We have uh, talked about how, like, you know, when you were fourteen, you didn't care that they were kind of almost a direct aping, maybe a rip off of the electronic music that they were kind of incorporating into their compositions. Um, that's kind of all that Radiohead do. I think I've, I've I've heard them talk about like them that every song they've ever written is them aiming to rewrite a song that already exists by somebody else, and them and the sound that the song ends up being is them failing to do it. Mm. Um, we spent a long time trying to rip off Radiohead. Mm-hmm. What is like your biggest steal from Radiohead? Because there's got to be some. Ed O'Brien's guitar with reverb. <laughs> right, yes. Oh, you do. You have the white strap, don't you? And a slide. 
I, I have always seen you as the Ed, mm. because you were always just kind of off to one side of the stage, messing around with pedals and... Uh, and this oh, bad Evo, boy as well. Yeah, yeah, the Evo. Oh, hang on, I've got a slide and an Evo somewhere here. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, Merch yeah. Corner. There Merch Corner. He's bought an this Evo. Is my, um, <laughs> this is my Ed rip-off collection. So it's a, a slide and an Evo. Mm. Yeah. Um, how is how important is it to aim for something that that someone else is doing? And are Radiohead shit for doing so? No, I don't think so. I think as long as you, as long as you wear your influences on your sleeve, it's fine. If you rip something off and then claim you invented it, then that's a bit cheeky. Um, See, I think they are shit because I think if they're going for to try and accurately recreate a song, the the joy of Radiohead is that they're rubbish because they can't recreate that song. And that's like that gymnastics you're doing the, there. The, the the joy of Kid A is that they had absolutely no idea what they were doing. I think, and mm. they were all just sort of going like, well, "But you can, you can almost know that." You can, I I genuinely think Nigel Godrich is the most important the member, member of Radiohead. Yeah. No, he's the most yeah, yeah. important. Oh, really? Yeah, because Tom, some of Tom York's solo stuff, as far as no. The, I think, actually, I think Nigel Godridge works with him on all of his solo stuff, doesn't he? I don't think he's ever done anything without Nigel since yeah. so, uh, 1995. So, I mean, I reckon I reckon Radiohead work in a very similar way to the way that we used to work when we were, like we said, just throw oh. as much shit at the kitchen I've always said, you no, know, that's the right we, we were the Radiohead of our time, despite <laughs> Radiohead also being around at the same time. <laughs> Um, throwing the kitchen sink at a piece of music, you need somebody who who hasn't had anything to do with writing it, who hasn't had anything to do with playing it, to just go, that's shit, that's good, more of that, less of that, cut that out, put that there. And we never had that, obviously, because we were all involved. But I think somebody like Nigel Godrich is the reason why Radiohead are good. If you listen to some of the demos on the um, cassette, on the um, OK Computer thing, the version of Nude on there is complete shit. <laughs> and nude is one of their greatest ever songs it's in, um, spoilers anyway it's uh it's it's so beautiful and so stark and so incredibly stripped back but textured and lovely and wonderful but the the demo version which by the way they've sort of worked on this for you know 15 years or whatever is such bollocks it's like a horrible 1970s pro cool harem ripoff it's like so dreadful. this is the version that steve quite likes Oh really? Uh, Has he heard it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 it's kind of very similar to the version from Meeting People Is Easy that they mm. play live in New York, and it's got that big like organ, and it's got distorted guitar on it. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, it's very much the. <laughs> it's very much. It's very much the OK Computer version of Mute yeah. is what I think is what we said about it. Um, but also, maybe the reason why it takes them so long to release these songs is because they're, like you said, you know, they haven't got it right. But maybe they're not very good at getting it right. <laughs> Maybe somebody else would have been able to get it right straight away. So maybe you're right. Maybe they are shit. I think they are shit. I, I yeah. think that's the joy of them is that they're kind of shit and that they don't they don't know what they're doing. And that's where, like I said, the edge of chaos. That's where the best art is created. Yeah, when absolutely. people don't really know what they're doing. Um, if I, you know, I, in my kind of creative life, I like to do shit every time I come to something new that I've never done before. Obviously, that means I'm running out of stuff to do now. But I like to, you know, and that's where the best creativity comes, where you don't really, you, I think you've said this before, actually, Adam, where you don't really know what you're doing. You sort of, you're sort of grasping for something. But it's that grasping, that desperation to find something where 
the really interesting ideas emerge. Do you, do you know where you've heard me say that? On this podcast? On the Kid A episode. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Because <laughs> was Tom York said it. But, it, but it's, it's, also, it's also, I think I used to quote David Bowie a lot because he has that thing where, like, you need to be at a certain depth in the pool where your feet aren't quite touching the mm. bottom. You need to be slightly out of your depth because that's when you do something really interesting. And maybe you drown. Uh, maybe that's the interesting thing you do is you drown. But, mm. uh, you know, or maybe you find a really interesting way to get out of the situation that you're in. Um, and they, and uh, Brian Eno had his, his um, what are they called, his cards. The, little um, cards and some of it's like, what they call throw, throw it all out completely and stuff like the that. The oblique strategies. The oblique strategies. And a lot of them are so about good. making you uncomfortable, sort of, you yeah. know, try playing your guitar with your other hand, stuff like that. <laughs> We used to use those because yeah. we were that pretentious. I have an I have an app with them on. on my yeah, phone. me too. It's good. It is good. It They're does applicable help in all aspects of life. Yeah, I do it when I'm picking my meal deal in the co-op. <laughs> <laughs> Pull down your trousers in the supermarket. <laughs> Stuff to make that, you feel uncomfortable. Weird that what is in there? Yeah, yeah. say it's something not, slightly very racist. Specific. <laughs> End up in jail. <laughs> um. So if if like. What are you aiming for? Because I think all artists do that thing that Radiohead do, where they're aiming to kind of recreate something and then they miss it. Um, I don't really know, to be honest. Scratching an itch. Oh, and, and that's it. It's just you know it when you hear it. There's no kind of... Yeah, the, re- the reason I do anything creative is because I have an urge to make something. Um, and you okay, must... well, let's get really fucking technical here. How do you write your songs? Because something like Balconies... Surely the piano came first. Yeah, the piano. That was a piano riff, which, kept, like I said, I record. What I do is I sit in the piano and I put I, all of all of my audio for that project is recorded on my phone. So there's no like professional <laughs> right, okay, studio quality recording there. I put my phone on the little thing that holds the sheet music, and then I'll just sit there and I'll just play and I'll riff and I'll you know come up with little things. I'll jam and then I'll sit there and I'll listen through it all and I'll go, oh, that little 10 seconds there is quite nice. That little five seconds there is quite nice. I'll loop it. I'll... And then in that song, I got rid of everything apart from that one little five-second riff, um, which goes... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you know the one. And then I think there's... We all know the one. Everyone sing along. Yeah, exactly. Fine. <laughs> Hands in the air. Um, but, um, tops off. <laughs> tops off, exactly. There's, um, there's like other little bits, like little weird sounds, and you know, I'll go down and I'll start like banging the the strings with my knuckles and with coins and stuff and then you know just little bits here and there all yeah it's, it's you're making your music sound utterly impenetrable right it's now. actually i like but to it's, think it's, it's quite very melodic. listenable yeah. yeah it is it's very listenable but then something like imaginary angles doesn't feel like it came from a jam no imag- imaginary angles was the first piece of music i made in lockdown actually right. so i you know i've got an album out uh, it's called Foley Age. Age by Bloom's Taxonomy. Um, a lot of that was made in lockdown during the first lockdown. Sat at a desk in a small flat um, with essentially electronic MIDI instruments because I didn't have access to a piano or any, any acoustic instruments at that point. So a lot of that is all electronic internal kind of laptop type music. Um, right. So Imaginary Angles was was a was a chord sequence that I just kind of, played out on my I, I don't actually use a keyboard i use a um it's called a, a launch pad which is like an yes. eight by eight grid of colored lights that you can use as a sampler if it's connected to ableton but also you can play it like an instrument in a sort of a keyboard mode and it's really good because it's an entire 
full octave like a grand piano but it's wrapped around itself so it's a tiny little square so it's great for gigging because you just put it in a backpack you don't have to carry a massive piano around with you um but you have to learn how to play it it's like a completely new instrument so <laughs> so before you hit upon that technology were you considering dragging a massive piano around well with i you? used to play with a keyboard and <laughs> oh you did yeah, yeah it was a pain in the ass it's big <laughs> Like it is big. When I play a gig, I want to turn up with a backpack, and that's it. I don't want to carry shit around with me. So, um, but then Imaginary Angles has like guitar and stuff on it as well. It does there's, there's some kind of element of performance going on there, right? I mean, well, it's all it's all performed. Yeah, like I I recorded it as a I, I played it, and then obviously with MIDI, the beauty of that is you can then rearrange it, add nausea, manipulate it. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then something like Urbrand feels very constructed. Although I appreciate that's an, that's an early Bloomstone. Yeah, I. Work. I God, I made that probably in deep cut. That I probably made that before I was in the band with you. No, mm. really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, that that was probably around that time, like an Check early, an early, an early version, right. an early version of that, like a really basic like version of it. And we didn't. Why did we not use that? Because it's it wasn't a song. It was a. It was more. Of you a, didn't want to waste it on our band. No, we, <laughs> we, we were in a band with songs. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Do you, yeah. remember, so well, I, do you remember our creative process when we would bring material to to be considered? You always brought these lovely emotional songs, and I would bring these like eight minute experiments of weird like drum patterns yes. and sort of. And then we'd smash riffs. them together. Yeah, yeah. and then we would go right. That one goes with that one. That one's in the same key. Let's just put that over yeah. the top of that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It was one of those, but I, I think I forgot about it, and then I rediscovered it later, and I was like, oh, that's quite good. And then I obviously made it into a track. Um, but yeah, it, I think it. In order to answer your question, it varies really. Like that, yeah, imaginary angles does have guitar on it. Um, when I play it live, I use a sample of a guitar because I don't want to carry my guitar around with me. Um, but yeah, that. That was all I had in lockdown was a guitar and a that uh, launch pad and a laptop. Is there no is there no itch to scratch there for what most people would call quote unquote songs? You know, with vocals, with more of a, a classic structure. Mm, in terms of sound, maybe I've I've toyed with vocals periodically, and then it's always ended up getting cut, mainly because I think one track on Foliage had some vocals on. Which was um, is, that, is, is it your voice? It is my voice, yeah. But it's me. Is, just, is it because you? Is it because you get self conscious about your? Yeah, voice? potentially. Um, but in I'm I'm working on new material now, and I'm actually using more samples of voices that aren't mine. So again, I'm in that phase where I'm experimenting with vocals again. But Do they know that they've been recorded? Uh, in some cases, no. <laughs> okay, right. Well, that's a weird <laughs> legal issue. Isn't in it? some cases, I just leave my phone out in public and record people's conversations. Is that weird? Well, what's wrong with you, man? What is wrong with oh, you? They, it gets like reversed and fucked up. So you know, you can't really recognise that it's a person that you know potentially. Mm. That can get you in trouble. I mean, isn't that a plot point <laughs> of the Edgar Wright film Baby Driver? That he records people without their consent, makes his, makes little mixes out of it, and then gets you know smashed up by criminals. Is it? I've what if you get that. smashed up by criminals? Mm. What if you get smashed up by Kevin Spacey, who's the criminal in that film? It depends. He's, smashed he's up doing by Kevin smashing, Spacey. I guess. Oh, there's some, <laughs> and, and of course that's uh, that's Ansel Elgort as well, who has his own uh, issues now. What a problematic film! What Boss. a problematic film! Boss smashing. Oh, Interesting. Smashing. Interesting. Um, and it's also got John Hamm, who can you know 
smash me up any time you want. Yeah, great. Good. (laughs) We have got to talk about it because it's been mentioned on the podcast before. It's one of the first things that Steve mentioned when he jumped on the call today. So, uh, you know, Radiohead's sixth album, you know, some people have some uh, issues with it. You know, some people think it's too long. Not to spoil it for Stephen Lucas, who haven't listened to it uh, yet. Some people think it's kind of missing a certain kind of energy. But I don't think it's bothered anyone as much as it bothered you. Mm. Because you took it upon yourself to, as you called it, uh, well, I remember turning up to your house one day and you went, Adam. I've improved Hail to the Thief. <laughs> so, <laughs> so take us take us through that process, so, you fucking weirdo. This all started with the gloaming. Now, the gloaming on the album is a moribund, tedious, electronic piece of drivel. Well, I mean, um, I like it. Yeah, you, know. you would. Um, it has no, like, it's just long and sort of dreary and, you know. But on the live version, it's got a fucking incredible bass line. Obviously and Colin, extra drums and stuff. And right? yeah, it's a, it's an absolute yeah. banger. So I spent quite a lot of time trying to mix a live version of that with the studio version um, and improve that for a start. Yeah, for a start. But Number one, I've improved the gloaming. But you know what? Late, <laughs> later on in life, I've realised actually the problem with Hell to the Thief isn't the tracks, it's the length of the album. Like... Some people yeah. always say, why don't you just skip the tracks? Well, I like to think of an album as a perfectly crafted piece of work, right? Even if that it's crafted by you. Even if it's crafted by me. <laughs> Written and recorded by somebody else, but the album experience is crafted by you. Exactly. So ditch the gloaming, <laughs> just get rid of it. Just um, get rid of it. Back drifting. Back drifting? Back sliding? Back drifters. Back drifters. Get back rid of drifting. That. Right, yeah. Um, get gone, rid of I gone. Will. Tedious. Okay. Um, it's weird because it's got your name in it. I thought you'd like yeah, that. I, comma, Will, yeah. Yeah. Um, there is actually a better version of I Will, which is the, the LA version, version, right? Which they should yes, have put in yeah, there yeah. personally, but anyway. Excellent. Um, and then that brings it, down to, brings it down to 10 tracks, I think, which is a perfect album length. And if you get rid of all the electronic stuff, right, everyone talks about Hell to the Thief as being their return to rock, right? Their return to kind yeah. of guitar music after the period of Amnesiac and... Um, What's the one I was just talking about? Okay, can Kid, you know? Kid A, mate. Kid your favourite yeah. album of all time. Remember? <laughs> that one, yeah. <laughs> the, best, the best artistic achievement ever. After that, yeah. after that period, everybody said, oh, great, they're going back to guitar music. But they did go back to guitar music, but then Tom York couldn't resist having a little fiddle on some knobs and we got the gloaming. Sure, and I've heard that about him. Mm. He just um, cannot resist having a little fiddle on exactly. some knobs. So if you get rid of that and you have just the kind of more guitar, the more acoustic stuff, I think it's a really coherent, solid album. Um, and it's only 10 tracks long, and it's about 42 minutes, which I think is a perfect album length. I don't think an album should be longer than 45 minutes, in my opinion. Once I have listened to the album a load of times and done my mm-hmm. notes and everything, I'm going to make a playlist of the Will version. Oh, I have it already. I can send it to you if you want. Please do. Yeah, Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, but, let's, but Steve could guess what he thinks it's going to be. Well, he's just told you. I've just told yeah. you, yeah. He won't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's, also, yeah, it's all the things he just said. But Lu- Lucas, <laughs> Lucas a few times has correctly on this podcast has correctly said, "Oh, it's too long. I've lost interest." I mean, I think me and Lucas are quite similar in that respect. I lose attention quite quickly after the sort of thirty-five minute mark. So the last run on the album has to be really attention grabbing to keep my interest, and it can't be longer than forty-five minutes. Like that's just unnecessary. Put have them as B sides. Just have some more B sides. You know. I mean, I like I, I like a long album if it's all great. <sighs> yeah, you know. I struggle. 
I mean, obviously we did abs- we did Absolution, which was like fifteen tracks long, and I was on board the whole time. And these guys were too not. long. Yeah, I think I think and Absolution's another example of a, what could be a great album if it was only ten tracks long, mm. or two tracks long. Two tracks. Imagine long. if it was <laughs> just intro and interlude. <laughs> no, if it was just Hysteria and Endlessly. Oh, what about Interlude, Adams? Your favourite bit. Okay, but put it at the end. <laughs> not even before Hysteria. <laughs> no, no, see, no, no, I no. I have issue with that. I remember this conversation. I think Butterflies and Hurricanes is fucking incredible. Yeah, it is. Okay, it's a great song. I think good it's a song, boring. good album, good band. We all agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Both me and Steve prefer Pablo Honey to Absolution. Yeah, how insane yeah. Ooh, is that? Yeah. Ooh, that's mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's mad. And Pop is dead than anything else. Oh wow, that's top of the list for but you. But controversially, I think the Benz is too long as well. I would lose two tracks off the Benz. Which ones? Sulk and. Uh, probably, Blackstar. probably. You're Blackstar. gonna say Blackstar, yeah, because okay, mm. yeah, you're a pleb, yeah, because you're a pleb, because you're a pleb. Can you All imagine if it went though? straight from um, what's the what's the song for that called? I've forgotten. Bulletproof. Bulletproof. It went from bulletproof, bulletproof into street, into street spirit. spirit. Yeah, it would be I mean, it's such com- an incredible end to the album. It would be. It's a compelling argument. Mint. It's a <laughs> it's a compelling argument. It really. It is. would be. Have you a perfect run of songs? There would be not a single dud in the whole album if that was if that was what it was what would you do with king of limbs because i you must have thoughts on king of i limbs. love the king of limbs I, I i love king of limbs i think yeah. it's great it's very odd do you love it because it's like 36 minutes long yeah i would like yeah. i would like it to have the butcher and to have um what was the other one they staircase. Were, staircase yeah staircase, butcher and yeah. staircase and then it would be again perfect. so i'd, I'd actually yeah. improve that by adding those two tracks <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we've improved the bends, we've improved Elder Thief, and we've improved King of Limbs. Oh, and uh, Pablo Honey could be improved by having Pop is Dead on it as well. Obviously, you're going to make that longer. Mm, you're going to make no, that kidding. Pop is Dead that even longer. Deleted. <laughs> it has been they're deleted. Trying, it's not yeah. on their Spotify. <laughs> they're trying their hardest to get rid. To absolutely get rid. Where do you you you've drawn a comparison there with you and Lucas, and I agree because you're both um, robot little men. hyperactive boys, uh, robot men mm. with ADHD. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but but where do you land on things like context affecting your appreciation of an album? Well, I love context. I think context is everything. So actually, do you know what? I didn't have that much time for the Manic Street Preachers, as I, as I know you and I have discussed in the past. Yeah. Um, and your commentary actually gave me a way in. Like, I, I have to say... Well, you're welcome. There you're is welcome. a lot of bollocks in the Manic Street Preachers. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> um, there is a lot of nonsense, but you've the context has allowed me to enjoy probably four of their albums. Wow, oh. same as Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. incredible. I would give I would right give, up there with Pink Floyd. I would give the four Pink Floyd albums ten out of ten, and I'd give the four uh, Manix albums seven out of ten. So, do you know? Do you know? Do you know what four they are? Uh, albums? Same question. Yeah, the Holy Bible. Obviously, this is my truth. Tell me yours. Excellent. The one with the where they're on the beach is that that one everything that is good. this is what oh, you're what's, the, what's the one after that <laughs> no your enemy no you, no the one before okay everything must be- go everything must everything go, must yes. go. Yes. and then okay. one of the later ones which i can't remember but it's gone a bit like cynthian futurology futurology i, yeah. I quite like okay. that one yeah so you with pretty much rocking. line up with the podcast what yeah. about I think but, well we missed something pretty important there which is what about lifeblood uh do you know what sure lifeblood reminded me of when coldplay did uh x and y which yes. on the surface, first listen, I was like, hmm, I quite like this. But then second listen, I was like, oh, it's actually just a load of faff, really. 
A load of faffy bollocks. Faffy bollocks. Yeah. A load of faffy bollocks. Yeah. Which is weird because Radiohead is nothing but faffy bollocks. Yeah, but they, they, just they talk, are. But weren't we just talking about King of Limbs? So, yeah. I mean, the King of Limbs is is genius. Faffy bollocks. <laughs> it's genius, faffy bollocks. I, I think There's I think a, the King of Limbs. I think the King of Limbs is is funny. I think it's a funny album. Steve, you'll have heard. Steve, you'll have heard either Wait, Lotus Flower no, or Bloom. Stop. stop. Wait, I need to, we need to dig into that. You think the King of Limbs apart from Codex, album. Codex, which right. is like just pure beauty. It's funny. It's yeah. like it's like it's like it's it's jaunty. It's got like a it's what got like a funny about? little like. I mean, it has a bit where it goes. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Steve, you actually think you've heard none of King of Limbs? I don't think I've heard a single note of it. Lotus Flower or Bloom, I feel like would have What about this like... bit? Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> oh, no, everyone's oh, on it except for me. Now you're into ba, 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 ba. There we go. I now reckon you've it. heard Bloom, if only because you've heard the Hans Zimmer version from uh, Blue Planet. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh. oh. But what about bum, also the bum, dancing? Bum, bum, bum. It's dancing. Oh, cool. It's you... very like... You might have seen the dancing. Yeah, you might have seen the black and white Tom York dance to Lotus Maybe. Flower. Maybe. It's good. Album. That's very nice, Will. That's now you see. We are we are fifty three minutes into recording, and Will's I can he started to lose interest. He's he's just he's just at the game. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. so maybe so maybe we'll start to oh, wrap it up. Just just to. Answer your question from earlier. You said you asked me why do I why do I make music or something? Did you did you ask that? I didn't, but oh. do feel free to answer the um, question you've asked yourself. Keeps me busy. Gives me something to do, really. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we dug into that. <laughs> Great. Thanks for bringing it back up. But Adam, I think you're very similar because every moment i've known you you're always busy with something you've got a project you're doing a podcast yeah, adam adam can't yep. stay still because then the and then the dark thoughts come you're in. making an album you're writing reviews of films like or music you're like i think we're all quite similar in that sense we liked well maybe not Stephen lucas i don't know but no i love doing nothing we like no, i love no, i love nothing more than doing nothing by myself it's a it's a constant need to be busy to do something. Mine, mine is a constant need to like express myself in some way. I think that's interesting because um, I hate expressing myself. Through, you do, through which music. is which is why we are, which is why we work quite well mm. together. We should do another Thermoluminescence album. Actually, oh is, yeah, is what's just we occurred should. to me. We really should. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mine is a constant need to express myself, and and the thought that if I stop for five minutes, I will just stop for five years. Because I also deeply like doing nothing mm. so much that if I stop, I will just stop forever. Whereas I can't do nothing. I literally cannot sit still yeah. for, for three seconds. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. as evident from this. Yeah, and also your music. It's a very it's very dynamic and kind of you're, it's constantly introducing new ideas and uh, or, or taking an idea and looking at it from a different angle. Like I, I was listening, I've been listening to it a lot over the last week, and um and like there's so many bits where it's like well, that's, oh, that's I love that. I Five plays on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've had a little, He's bit, a little spike. <laughs> Five. Um, but but like, uh, th- there's loads of little bits in your music where I, where I'm like, oh, there's a little bit of a riff there, and I really like that riff, and and then I never hear it again because you're just constantly interested in, okay, but what does that riff sound like put through this filter, and now this filter, mm. and then this filter, and what if it was slightly off time this time round? It's very it's very interesting and, and compelling music. That there's like an Aphex Twin sort of thing there. Lucas, you'd really like it. There's no vocals or anything like that. 
I feel like if if I had any ability to actually write music or if I had any creative bone in my body, that's the sort of music I feel like I'd make because I'd be more interested in the the process and the technology and the, all that than the actual what it's saying you know i just do loads of bits mm. is is that what it is for you uh will is is it yeah. more about the process than the end result i i'm almost a bit sad when i think something's finished like i, I imagine that in the sense that you know radiohead spend 15 years working on a song and do 20 versions of it every single track apart from one or two which literally emerged kind of fully perfect um in my opinion you might disagree um I, I what, think you talking about your own music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I think I think the the fun is like making a version going, okay, that's fine. I wonder what would happen if I did this and then coming back to mm. it and then just doing a completely different version. And then obviously that then leads to like a whole other world of revisions because something else will make sense to, you know, be cut from it with that version and and then by the end you'll end up having like twenty different versions that some of them are really quite different. So to me, yeah, you're right. It's the process. The process is fun. Um, and when a song's finished um, or a track, it's like, oh, it's done now. It's kind of sad. have to move on to something else. I've toyed with the idea of releasing an album that's like 12 different versions of the same song. Well, that's what Radio should do with um, True Love Waits. Just release all of the versions. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Call the album True Love Waits. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and put True Love and, Waits. And make Tom Waits sing one of the versions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry Styles. Why Harry Styles? What's the bit? Because it's because it's very popular, and I think that would get a lot of streams. Oh, totally right. would. Okay. Do, yeah. do I heard his new. I heard his, I heard his like new it. album the other day. Harry's house. It's good, it's actually. Good. I like it. It's good. It's a good yeah. album, I reckon. Yeah. They should do a version to, to work out to, like um, LCD Sound System did a version to to um, run to called True Love Waits, spelt W E I G H T S. Fucking hell, Sometimes when we have a guest on, we ask them to do a top 10. Oh, yeah, um, I've got one. And, and, and you, you are going to be our first guest uh, that has done a top 10 this season because uh, Kathy St. Luce's brain works laterally, as she put it. And uh, Paul Q. Coldry, who produced Pablo Honey, didn't feel it was very relevant to how he felt about the band, which is absolutely fine because not everybody is as kind of like obsessed with stats and rankings. As no, I, that annoyed, that hang annoyed hang on, hang on. me. I want the stats and the ranking yeah, and the numbers and the do. figures. Adam, I've I just realised something. You haven't asked me what music is such a better host than you i'm so sorry will Mm, because i have a good answer as well i'm so sorry and usually i would do it at the top of the show and you know what i've got it written down at the top of my notes but you thought Uh, it was just the name of the podcast and so you just skipped. i did i thought it was just the title of my of my (laughs) log i'm so sorry well what is music music is sound harnessed by human beings delivered with generosity and emotion it's the best way that we know to hack into the human consciousness and conjure up any emotion instantly. How it works is a complete oh. mystery, but I'm sure it's something to do with being the most primeval method of social connection that humanity has. Goes back to caveman times, people sitting around drumming, um, you know, any kind of groove. It's like the most basic human connectivity that we can muster. And it's like a hack. It's like a hack for the emotional system of the brain. Very good. Lucas has got an impenetrable firewall. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I stole the first line of that from um, from Bjork. Me. So, oh. 
Oh, well, I mean, yeah, Björk's got some incredible views Ooh, on what music York, is. Björk. Let's call the whole thing. Off. Who knows? Notice, Adam, notice Adam's flex there, being like, "It's going to correct you. Just going to gently correct you." I think you'll find it's work. actually Birk, 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 Blosh, Chippenhagen, Chippenhagen. Right. Top ten. Right. First one of the season. I'm pumped. So I'm pumped. I, I I'm expecting some fucking. I'm either expecting absolutely trad. You're going to give me ten tracks from fucking OK Computer. Or like nine and one from the bends. Or I'm thinking you're gonna put like gagging order in there. Or like what all three versions of fog. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon all three versions of fog are in there. I mean Will. all three versions of fog are great. But yeah. <laughs> I I started with a long list of about thirty. It was really fucking great. hard. Literally thirty mm. I, I made a playlist. I was like, right, what are all the radio songs I love? And I put them on the playlist and it was thirty tracks long. So I do. I did whistle it down to ten. Can I do some on mensch to quote Lucas? You can do a. You can do a couple of on mensch. Right. I suppose my yes. honourable mentions are Airbag, Planet Telex, True Love Waits, the Moonshape Pool version, Separator, The Morning Bell, and Go to Sleep. I thought you were going to do. The, I thought you were going to do the twenty. So many. The twenty. Too others. many on mensch. <laughs> also, which version of Morning Bell? The version from Kid A, because the one oh, on there. Amnesiac is bollocks and should have been cut. Shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and replaced with any of the amnesiac b-sides because they're all fucking great right number 10 this was hard to this was where those songs kind of like well honorable mentions that's what happens but number 10 is 15 step okay are you gonna play it? lucas i imagine we'll have some big thoughts on that i've got such big thoughts we're not apparently i'm not allowed to spoil things though so 15 step is a song off of in rainbows an album that i'm fond of are you gonna Spoils. play it adam no. Oh. Mm-hmm. Guests guess oh, don't get I clips. To, I oh, wanted to hear it. <laughs> 15 Step is great. It's in five, four times, I'm sure you know. And it's a real groove. And it's got kids cheering in it. Hey! <laughs> and, you can, and you can clap along to it if you want, but it's quite hard. Um, everyone <laughs> it's everyone time, fucks it up in, I when I've seen it live. Song, I reckon. Um, remind me on the OK Computer episode, Adam, to clap along to 15 Step. I'll remind Do you, you the, to clap along to 15 Step yeah. or the In Rainbows episode. <laughs> Um, number nine is everything in its right place. Wow, that's uh, lower than I thought you would put it for mm. some reason. I almost didn't have it in there. I almost had the morning bell there instead. Uh, to me, I like them for similar reasons. I like the sound of the the keyboard and the um, sparseness oh, yeah, the of it. Organ. Um, mm. Yeah, the morning the morning bell the morning bell and everything in its right place. You know, I tough to choose between them. Number eight is jigsaw falling into place. Another one from In Rainbows. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. That is, I think, I never hear enough uh, love about that song. That's kind of an underrated In Rainbows track. Do you think it's underrated? They play it live a lot. I think all of uh, Radiohead is underrated. I agree. I think anything to do with In Rainbows is, un- is underrated. They don't get the respect they deserve, I don't think. No. Um, you know? Apart from, you know, everybody wanking them off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd <laughs> um, get sore, wouldn't it? Get really yeah, bored. Jigsaw falling into place. Yeah. Great energy, great video filmed by Adam oh, Buxton. The, the Adam Buxton video is yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah, just a nice groove, really. Uh, number seven is Paranoid Android. Okay, okay, yeah. About now, familiar. Yeah, Paranoid Android is obviously just a prog rock song, really, isn't it? It's it's basically an out. It's a song off Animals by Pink Floyd, essentially. 
I, I don't know enough about Pink Floyd to agree or disagree mm. with you. It's so a, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go, yes. It's a long song that's rocky with a, loads of guitar solos and then like a mm. synthy bit in the middle. Well, doesn't sound doesn't hugely sound. rocky to me. Oh, God, there's no trumpets and there's no there's no running upstairs in Paranoid Android, is there? Um, it is evocative of rock music. How about that? There's no Carl Weathers on Paranoid Android. Number six is nude. <laughs> Sorry, no, don't move on from me on my own podcast, Will. You're the, you're the guest here. You are the guest here. <laughs> Number six, nude. Yeah, yes. I mean, beautiful. Um, really, really stunning. Really lovely. Haunting. Haunting. Yeah. Um, it took them a long time to get it right. As I mentioned, the demo version is a load of wank. Um, which, is, which actually makes me feel so much better. The fact that Radiohead do produce wank in the sort of... In embryonic stage right they they don't just produce these perfectly formed pieces of music out of the ether they they go through a process of you know just like all creative yeah. people where it's shit to begin with so that's good yeah yeah it's nice to know it's, it's, it's interesting that so often with radiohead you can see that process happening mm. that doesn't happen a lot with other bands but it's the baseline that makes it like colin yeah. is a very underrated member of the band like so many of these songs are carried by the the baseline and obviously um the drums as well but like just that kind of driving repetitive bass line yeah i mean it it took him 15 years to write that bass line but worth every worth every second number also the but also the vocals though do you want me to do yeah. an impression of them as well? But also yeah, the do vocals, the vocals though. as well, Will. Do the vocals. Don't get any... That's yeah, not bad. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and also, um, <laughs> you'll go to hell for what you did to my big slinky. So Yes, a, a, a great little uh, misheard lyric. Oh, is that misheard? Yeah. I thought that was a lyric. No, it turns out that's not what he's oh, okay. saying. Fine. Yeah. Number five is Like Spinning Plates, the live version from the uh, I Might Be Wrong live recordings EP. Yeah, I don't believe these guys have heard it yet unless they've been very organised. I it's have. very lovely. You should listen to it. It's, it's very I, lovely. In my opinion, it. it's spine tingling. His voice on that recording is unbelievable and it's very sparse and very simple and the piano riff is incredibly hypnotic. Mm. Very satisfying to play, actually. Um, yeah, it's a lovely piece of music. Yeah, it is. Um, also kind of exemplifies the um, challenge they had when performing a lot of these songs live because like Spinning Plates on the album version is obviously very difficult to play live. Um, and yeah, they did a completely different version. So Yeah, nice. it's great. It's, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely song. As live. they did with Fog and other things as well. What was the other one they did? Mm. Just the piano version of? Um, Pass. Can't remember. I think Fog. Anyway. And then number four is There There from mm. Tales of the Thief. Lovely, which that is, is an absolute so banger. When it's the an banger. Um, there's two there's two moments where it like elevates. There's a bit where there's like an arpeggio that goes bong 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 bong. bong the why bong, so green bong, and lonely bong, bit, bong, bong, bong. Yeah. and then there's the solo which comes in at the end that absolutely rips <laughs> the, <laughs> the song <laughs> down. Uh, and then obviously <laughs> there's <laughs> the, <laughs> the two tom <laughs> drums as well. Boom, jum jum, boom jum, boom boom, jum boom. Which when they play yes. live is also great. Poor old Ed, though, yeah. because obviously, like, Johnny is, uh, they have three drummers playing at the same time, mm. and one of them's Johnny, and one of them's Ed, and obviously one of them's Phil, and then Ed, you know, 
has to play drums for the whole song because there's nothing else for him to do. He's well, the only one that's Ed's, left Ed's on the, the drums. Ed's the jack of all trades, isn't he? He can do a bit of everything. He's the support vehicle. Like yeah. on Paranoid Android, he just plays the the little shaker thing. Yeah, yeah even yeah. though that song is like rip roaring guitar the whole way through. Um, <laughs> rip roaring. Rip roaring. Mm. Number three, uh, now, the next two songs have a very special personal significance to me, and I'll explain why. So number three is Please Pyramid don't. Song, and number okay. two is every uh, note is uh, How to Disappear Completely. And the reason why is because the strings were recorded in a place called Dorchester Abbey, which is in a little town called Dorchester-on-Thames, and my grandfather was the church warden of that church. So he was the one that let them in to record it. Oh, that's awesome. Wow, mm. that's really cool. Yeah. You have a little radio head connect. How have I never heard that before? Because uh, I only found it out probably subsequently. I found that out wow. much later. Yeah. That's cool. So the strings, that kind of ethereal reverby sound is because it's recorded at the back end of a huge medieval church. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and my grandfather was there while it was recorded. That's amazing. Mm. And, and the songs themselves are... Oh, and, and the songs are all right as well. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're yeah, good. Good. The pyramid good. song is fucking incredible. You mad? Like the, the, the pyramid-shaped piano, Don, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. Oh, I, di- I disagree that that's the type. We'll, we'll get into it uh, in uh, a couple of weeks' time. I disagree that that's pyramid the song. It's, no, I know, because it's originally called Egyptian songs. It's yeah, just that, it, isn't it? Alluding to pyramids. What's Egypt nah, famous for? Know. Pyramids. Oh, sand. Well, and sand, sand and, and yeah. camels. Of course, and irritating. And political <laughs> unrest. Political <laughs> unrest, indeed. It's political <laughs> unrest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're number one. I, I've, I've got big money on letdown, but why don't you, uh, why don't you surprise me? No. I actually, I'm going to be controversial here. I actually find letdown quite boring. Okay, what's your number one? <laughs> well, no surprises. It's no surprises. Oh, lovely. Mm. I mean, so what is it about that song that just puts it above all others? It's the first Radiohead song I learned to play on the guitar. I believe okay. we did a cover of it once, didn't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's such a lovely lullabilic riff. Um, it's just It is now. It's just a really beautiful... <laughs> composition like everything about it is so perfect um i didn't actually know you you enlightened me on your episode about how they used the first take of the recording they did um and it's perfect like it's it's amazing Um, that they went and did other versions of so many other versions as well yeah and and it's just perfect and beautiful and um really really evocative um yeah it's a beautiful song and i think it probably is my favorite song of all time Wow, your favourite mm. song of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I... Do I have a favourite song of all time? Big yawn from Lucas <laughs> as I start talking about music that I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> this is all the stuff that gets edited out, Will, is me going like, oh, come on, don't yawn at me, Lucas. <laughs> right. Human beings yawn. It happens. <laughs> Especially when you fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, I find you fascinating. Don't listen to Lucas. Thanks, I man. find him fascinating, like, academically speaking. Mm. Right. But yeah. you probably have I to find, listen I to I find him. you fascinating in the same way that, like, I find things fascinating when I visit a zoo. Yeah. yeah. Well, I find you fascinating chemically. <laughs> like those little sea monkeys. Yeah, chemically. As, chemically is an interesting creature. Yeah. <laughs> Anthropologically. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Lovely. Well, well, thanks very much. Um, that is probably brings us to the end of the episode, I reckon. Um, Will, we need to tell everybody where uh, they can find your music because 
it's it's really like I, I really like your music and I know that we're friends and whatever, but I don't actually just hand out uh compliments if I don't like No, something. I don't think you've and... ever complimented me in your life actually. <laughs> your music's great. I've re- you, do you know, do you you're know what... abhorrent, but your music's fine. <laughs> do you know <laughs> Do you know do you know my my actual feelings about your music, right? I have a difficult relationship with your music. Um because I think it's great, uh, and it makes me jealous. Mm. Like I get a weird, like jealous feeling when I listen to your music because I'm going because I'm like, oh, like I know this guy and he's so disorganized and uh, such a little, me, I'm such a little weirdo, <laughs> and 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 he just makes this incredibly like beautiful, interesting music. And yeah, I, I get I get a little bit of jealousy about uh, about it. Um, Adam, I feel the same way about your ability to write lyrics. We should really team up, mm. right? We should do I one of those. I think you are a wonderful lyricist, and I'm. That's very kind. In constant Thank you very much. awe of your uh, oh, evocative imagery. Now. So come on, this now. has turned into a self congratulatory <laughs> wank fest, hasn't it? Lucas, I really like your uh, Heisenberg tank top. Yeah, I quite like it as well. Actually. Steve, I really it like your face. Thanks, and man. Ball. I really oh. like your thong on your bass guitar as well, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> also, let's point out it's not a Heisenberg tank top. It's a Heisenberg T-shirt that I've cut into a tank top because it was hot. Is that Heisenberg the physicist or a character from popular culture? Character from Breaking Bad. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Steve, I really like your music. I think your lyrics are are, are really evocative as well. And Thank Lucas, you. I like your wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> where can we actually find Will on that note? Because <laughs> he hasn't said so yet. <laughs> Will, the floor, the floor is yours for oh, yeah, plugs sorry, and, right. and tell everybody. You've got um, a gig coming up as well, I right? Have, in well, I don't know when this is going to go out, but I have a... This, I'm I'm pretty sure this is going to come out... Uh, oh, do you know what, mate? It's going to come out on the 29th. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I have I'm a gig so on sorry. the 20th, so that's helpful, isn't it? <laughs> okay. but so if that, you, went, that, gone, that went very well, I periodically right? <laughs> play in London mostly. Um, so I also kind of semi-host kind of a an electronic music open mic night in London, in Camberwell. Um, I do the visuals for that. I do live VJing as well. So um, look out for that. It's, uh, yeah, in Camberwell, Jazz Crypt, which is in St. Giles Church. But I... Jazz Crypt? Yeah, it's called the Jazz Crypt. It's in the Those are two words that I, I really like. Yeah, it's yeah. a good combo, isn't it? <laughs> a jazz Crypt. Jazz Crypt, yeah. Um, I also, yeah, you can find my music at www.bloomstaxonomymusic.com Okay, or just search Bloom's Taxonomy, like, basically anywhere. But if you search Bloom's Taxonomy on Google, you'll get loads of diagrams of higher-order thinking skills um, (laughs) and the the educational psychologist Bloom. So (laughs) if you search Bloom's Taxonomy Foley Age, if you search Bloom's Taxonomy Music, you get Bloom's Taxonomy (laughs) applied to the teaching of music. (laughs) When... uh, Whenever you have to explain it in this depth, are you, do you slowly realise that you've made a huge mistake Slightly, with your yeah. branding? It's, it's not yeah. very, um, yeah, what's the word, viral, is it? But um, yeah, if you if you search Bloom Taxonomy Music on Instagram or Facebook or, uh, you know, Spotify. Yeah, search me on Spotify, you'll find me there. Or Bandcamp. If you want to buy my music, that's even better. Do you know what, mate? Listeners can just go to the show notes and there'll be a link to your website. Hey, How that about works. That? That's yeah, easy. That's, that's easy, isn't it? Uh, which brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you very much for joining us, Will. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Our next episode is out 
next Monday. But before you listen to that, come and let us know what you think of anything that we've talked about today. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at What Is Music Pod, TikTok at What Is Music. And if you'd like to send in something a little bit longer, we can read it out on the show. Uh, you can email us, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. And there's also a couple of ways that you can support us other than listening if you'd like to. One is to buy our merchandise. If you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com, you'll find some stupid designs and one John Major one. Uh, will I have I a free have- t shirt for being on your show? No, absolutely not. But I do imagine you have big takes on John Major. Um, yeah. Enlighten What's us. your favourite season? <laughs> My favourite season was the uh, Edwina Curry sex affair. Mm. Okay, good. <laughs> Great. Mm. If, if, if you don't fancy our merchandise, you can chuck us a few quid by going to coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. All donations really gratefully received and go towards our running costs. And that about does it. Thank you so much for listening. But before you go, please don't leave me high. Don't leave me. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, Will's Bye. rubbish at it. Bye. Lucas is rubbish at it. Um, They're the same person. Mm. Unbelievable. Thank you.